Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Oh, hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is one of our favorite times of the week when we get to hear from our fellow conspiracy realists across the globe, and we mean that in a very real way. Uh, today, we're going to follow up on some great voicemails we received. We're going to talk a little bit about tasers, but not in the way you think. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, mysterious Neolithic sites that uh, we we think have to be a future episode. Uh, and then we're also going to dive into a very uh, troubling story from our neighbors to the north in Canada. Uh, heads up on that one there. We'll, we'll give you a disclaimer in the front because it may not be suitable for all audiences. But maybe we start out today with a voicemail because, as you know, folks, um, I was off doing some completely non-sketchy stuff that we are not going to explain. Okay, guys? Cool. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. And... Uh, um, while doing that, you guys did an excellent uh, roundup of some voicemails. And like we do whenever we do an all voicemail episode, there's so much amazing stuff that we just can't quite get to because everyone is a rabbit hole all its own. Uh, and that's why I think we have we have some more voicemails that we we wanted to to share today. Is that correct? It is indeed. And we will start off with one from Jingle. Uh, hey guys, 
this is I don't oh, uh, nickname. Uh, you can call me uh, Jingle. That'll work. Uh, use my voice on the air. I don't care. Matter. Uh, sorry, I'm driving. But uh, you guys were just talking about glitter, and I don't know why my brain knows this, but there is glitter in tasers, and it's glitter in tasers, and it has serial numbers on it or something, so they can track who shot a taser or something. I don't know why my brain knows this, but you guys didn't mention it, and I thought it falls into the defense category, and I just thought I'd let you guys know. Okay, that's all. Have a good one. Later, guys. Well, first of all, Jingle, I think all three of us can relate to not knowing why our brain knows certain things. Um, yeah. <laughs> and here we are. Uh, glitter in tasers. I think it, it really was uh, fascinating to all of us and a lot of listeners too. the uh, glitter conspiracy, the idea that there is some force out there that's buying all the glitter and why and not to mention the the pollutant uh, aspect of it and microplastics and how much damn glitter there is in the the shining sea it's not shiny because of the glitter but there sure is a hell of a lot of the stuff in there um so glitter in tasers uh a cursory google of glitter in tasers will yield you some very glittery tasers <laughs> let me tell you some delightfully bespoke uh you know colorful glittery tasers because if you're going to stun somebody into submission, you might as well do it in style. That's that's what I say. Yeah, um, make it make it fun. You make know, make it, it a statement about yourself as well. Exactly. And uh, have I mentioned uh, I think I did when I was on the Daily Zeitgeist recently, but maybe not on this show. Um, when I was a kid, I used to always go to this flea market and they'd have those booths that sell like knives and tasers and gun adjacent things, but not you know, guns all the way. But I remember uh, seeing something that was called a taser knife. It was oh, a yeah, yeah, knife yeah. with a built-in taser mm -hmm. just in case, you know, tasing or stabbing weren't enough. Uh, it, it's a dual function device there. I have one of those, actually. No, you don't. I had. Okay. I was about to say, what do you, why? Just out of curiosity or... Out of curiosity, I, you 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 know me, guys. I, I like multifunctional stuff. You know that's so. fair. So glitter and tasers didn't didn't get any hits, um, which I was surprised by. So I, I dug a little bit deeper, and I found a really great Reddit thread on today. I learned, um, and it says this: when a taser is fired, it releases tiny bits of uniquely numbered, not glitter, but confetti. See, I can see the. Uh, the, the confusion there, or like it's easy oh. to conflate confetti with glitter. They're tiny particulate things that are meant to cause a, a show and be like a kind of wow factor thing. So uh, uniquely numbered confetti that correlate to the specific weapon. It can then allow Taser International, this is a specific brand, uh, that doesn't make the taser necessarily, but there are specific companies that make the cartridge inside the taser. The same way like a printer has a, you know, ink cartridge, a taser has like a Taser cartridge, I guess. It can then allow Taser International to track the sale of the specific weapon, which could lead police to the buyer. And when you look at these, they're little round um, kind of cut out pieces of plastic. So presumably they're still in the league of microplastics, but they're not nearly as small as a piece of glitter because you can actually see the, the text on them. And they are multicolored uh, and presumably they shoot out, but not in like a display. Wouldn't that be fun, though, if all tasers just shot out confetti <laughs> when you used them? That'd be fun. 
It'd be a fun way to get taste. Um, and then, yeah, these are what, what are called micro taggants. Ben, you, um, when we did the glitter episode, that was one of the possible uses kind of uh, off the books. Not necessarily off the books. It's, it's legal, of course, but the company that has a certain type of one of these taggants doesn't want other companies to know because then it would confuse things if any companies mm-hmm. had the same ones. But then again, you think maybe they would want them to know so that they wouldn't use the same ones because there's no no one's trying to cover anything up. If anything, they're trying to make it where they can trace the use of these weapons. But micro taggants, I believe, is the term, Ben. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. And I love that you're bringing up this uh, – this Reddit thread because it talks uh, also kind of tangentially about some of the issues with tagins, which micro tagins or tagins really are just what you what you describe. They can be any kind of serialized particle. Uh, they can help you trace the source of, <laughs> I, I guess, a taser. In in this case, a taser manufacturer, cartridge manufacturer, they can also be added to gunpowder as well. Uh, so this has this has low key been um, an enormous controversy for a number of decades that you wouldn't really know about unless you were already sort of living in some aspect of that world. Yeah, that's right, and you know, presumably whatever tagants are in gunpowder would be much much smaller. Um, because it would have to be mixed in with the, the powder, which is about as small as a part. Well, not as small as a particle gets, but quite small, smaller than a little round piece of plastic. With the taser, though, uh, it just needs to fire. And then presumably you could, you know, use a magnifying glass and, and find them at the scene. Um, I guess I don't really think of tasers being used in, no, they, they certainly could be if someone was maybe a kidnapping victim and they were tased and then, you know, taken hostage or or thrown in the back of a van, the police or detectives looking into the case could potentially figure out where the, the, uh, the stun gun was, was purchased. Mm -hmm. And there's also, there's a issue with, um, it's a little conspiratorial. Uh, there's this idea that. The NRA has put its hand in uh, into the halls of Congress to stop any research into tagants or to stop any. Well, that part is true. The conspiracy is why they would do this. Right. Um, yeah, it's it gets pretty sticky, pretty murky, pretty quickly. Yeah, it always kind of blows my mind how the NRA gets, you know, a little bit persnickety about things that would not be an issue to any law-abiding gun user. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think one of the arguments the NRA made in in the gunpowder thing, which jingle is different, of course, from the taser stuff. One of the arguments they made regarding gunpowder was that inclusion of tagins might destabilize in some way the gunpowder, which potentially could make it uh, less safe for mm, the, user. the user. At least, again, that's not us co-signing them. That's what they said. Well, in any case, um, not glitter, but uh, I guess confetti or micro taggins. Which does sound fun, to your point. It, it does. And, and, and one of the things that we talked about in the glitter episode is specifically to glitter. You know, there are obviously different manufacturers. Not that many. If, if you listen to the episode, you'll hear about that. Um, but if you had a proprietary type of glitter, then you would be able to, you know, trace it back to that particular weapon. But you wouldn't necessarily want some other manufacturer using the same um, material because then it wouldn't, you know, it might point in the wrong direction. 
And just really quickly, uh, from the same Reddit thread, there was a link to an article talking about a positive uh, use of, of tagins in 1977 for manufacturers of dynamite and liquid explosives used tagins um, in, in their material. This is uh, 3M. The tagins were manufactured by 3M, rather, uh, and trace markers led to the capture of a truck bomber in 1979. Um, this was the same year that the NRA pressured Congress to stop, re, like you said, Ben, research into Taggins. And this was after a 1980 congressional report did find that Taggins could increase uh, arrests for bombings by as much as 75%. But still, the NRA, you know, pushed back. Hmm. And if we're talking about tasers, you found an uh, excellent source here, Noel, about the specifics of tagins in tasers because our pal jingle is on the money here it's not just you might not call them glitter necessarily but these tasers are definitely ejecting something what uh like what percentage how much because like you said when when a taser is when a taser is fired it's not shooting off a bunch of confetti, right? It doesn't seem like visible to people. <laughs> no, that's all, the whole point is that it's not visible. And I love, there's an acronym for it. We love an acronym, AFIDS, uh, Anti-Felony Identification Devices. And in Bermuda, um, which is the article that I found from the Bermuda News, 30% of Bermuda police officers are carrying tasers that have these uh, AFIDS built into them. So how many, how much confetti are we talking about when they fire these? Only around 20 to 30 pieces. So, wow. you know, that's enough that if you knew what you were looking for, there would be some nearby the scene, but not so many that like it would be obvious to anyone around. That's weird. We should come up with a new system that each taser has a uh, specialized audio track that plays when it gets fired. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Each one of them has a different like sound effect. Wow! against the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bow, wow, chicka, bow, wow. Mm-hmm. Picked up this weird sound on our shot spotter. Sounded a lot like an elephant. Oh, yep, sir. We've matched it directly to this taser. Another thing that was interesting. Again, this is that Bermuda um, source that you found. Though another thing that caught my interest from there is that they talk about tasers having uh, a data port and you can see the time and date of use. And it, it seems pretty precise, right? I mean, it doesn't Whoa. tell you the location. It's not geotagged. Well, one, one would hope. And, and, and one would also, I mean, we've, I think, I can't remember which one, but I've seen this in a number of different kind of future sci-fi type things, situations where cops can't fire the gun until a threat has been confirmed. Um, no, I know what it was. It was Watchmen. In the Watchmen television series kind of prequel, there was a whole situation where a cop got killed by a terrorist outfit because he couldn't get his gun to release. So in this future where cops are kind of, you know, heavily policed, uh, this ended up being an issue um, because they actually couldn't deploy the weapon in time to protect themselves. So it was an interesting kind of like counterpoint. Is that an insane idea to have that same kind of data port 
required on all new weapons manufactured? No, I don't think it is. It's kind of what I was getting at. There, there would be a better way to do it, at the very least, to hold the officers accountable in the same way you would with body cam. But we also keep seeing these incidents where, why is there no body cam footage? And why is the data, was the data poor? Oh, no, the, 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 the USB card was deleted. You know, like, it just seems like it's not necessarily always going to, you know, be helpful. If the system doesn't really require it, you know, if there's ways around it. But anyway, Jingle, thank you for this. Uh, it's a really great kind of dovetail to our uh, micro taggins conversation and, and where does the glitter go conversation. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then come back with another piece of listener mail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. Were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and <laughs> didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how <gasps> lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we have returned with an email from Ghost. As we said at the top of this listener mail segment, uh, this is the warning, the disclaimer. Uh, this is pretty dark stuff. It may not be appropriate. For all members of the audience today, but we did feel it is important. Uh, we do feel it's crucial to communicate this kind of information, especially. This is the stuff that uh, parts of the Canadian government do not want you to know. Uh, so we're going to share, uh, we're going to share ghost missive to us. We're going to mention some of the sources. Uh, and we'll keep this part a little bit brief because this is probably an episode in the future. Here we go. 
Ghost says, you can call me Ghost. While I usually enjoy spooky fun, what I'm about to say is by no means an easy, breezy campfire story. There have been reports of many elderly, physically disabled, mentally ill, and veterans being coerced into MAID. They love an acronym. Medically Assisted in Death. They've been coerced into medically assisted deaths by government employees who are supposed to help us Canadians in finding and using the services we need to achieve better fulfillment in our lives. Ghost says, I first heard about this in CBC Radio's White Coat Black Art, where a woman's sister was experiencing early onset Alzheimer's, opted for MAID after mentioning it, despite being a fully functional woman. What Ghost is saying here is that the sister in this case, her sibling was having early onset Alzheimer, and then was opted for it. This was a coerced death. Many of these coerced deaths can be avoided if we have better social and public services available. Ontario Disability Support Program, or ODSP, is barely enough to pay rent, let alone groceries and a phone bill. And if you've listened to previous episodes, especially on foreign investment in real estate, then you know that Our neighbors to the north in Canada, uh, many of whom are listening today, are experiencing skyrocketing housing prices. Worse than here? Worse than here, yes. In In some areas, yeah. It beggars belief if you look at the prices. A lot of people probably around our age are facing the harsh reality that it will be impossible financially to buy a home without moving far afield. So... So Ghost continues and says, many are choosing death instead of becoming homeless. I find it upsetting. This oddly has become a conservative talking point when it should be everyone's concern. Most liberal voters don't want to acknowledge the issue because the Secretary of Veterans Affairs is not being held accountable under Trudeau. This really drives home why we should never idolize anyone in power because we lose sight of actions through policy and are easily placated with sensationalist sound bites. Preach to the people, ghost. That's us editorializing. That's because Trudeau was kind of a darling a bit. Right, a bit of a golden calf, yeah. And please dig deep before voting and donating to people competing for power. Pay attention to who their friends, family, career, history, and voting records are. Canada is not the bastion of social democracy everyone thinks it is. Every day, both liberal and conservative parties make deals to sell out our public services, leaving the working poor to be caught in the undertow. And uh, Ghost continues and says, below, I've you know supplied some links. Uh, these links are pretty disturbing. want to give special mention to the uh, CBC article or some of the CBC radio stuff that uh, that Ghost has talked about here. One piece, the piece White Coat Black Art, talks about how this family learned their loved one had medically assisted death only after the fact. That is some dystopian stuff, right? Matt, I see your face there too. I, I, I was making the same. I was confused by that. Yeah, I'm still a little confused. Like, how does that happen? How do you opt for something after you're dead? No, no, the family found out. No, but what I'm saying is, the like, there's a DNR. Do not, you know, that's like a legal, legally binding thing. You know, the hospital isn't at liberty to end someone's life that way unless they have the permission of the family. Right. And this family, uh, the story centers on three siblings. 
one of whom died without the knowledge of the other two siblings, was put to death. And then there's uh, there's another CBC radio, the, the White Coat Black Art thing is a series, right? And another one uh, from 2021 focuses on changes to assisted dying in Canada, specifically something called Bill C-7. It expands medical assistance in dying to some people whose deaths are not foreseeable, reasonably foreseeable, meaning it's not necessarily a terminal condition where the question is quality of life. It's that this person might not die, but they're going to get uh, medical assistance in dying anyhow. Yeah, that's... mm. It's really tough because I feel like it's a good thing to have as an option. I think it's a good thing, the choice to end your own life if you want to. And right, your agency, yeah. And making, but again, it feels like one of the pillars of that is to make others aware uh, like that it's going, that it's coming, that it's going to happen and it's your choice. That's well, yeah, but I mean, like I was saying about the DNR, like when my mother was, you know, not able to communicate for herself in the hospital, um, the, the you know the hospital staff asked me if we had a DNR, you know, and I had right. to go find the paperwork and present that to them in order to show that I was the one who could give the thumbs up or thumbs down, you know, for the DNR. And that's something that's given. Agency is given to a family member so that in the event that the person can't speak for themselves, their wishes are known. In my situation, we didn't even have the request for the paperwork. There was a call to make. Uh, and it's, it's an unenviable place to be. It's, it's not a situation you ever want to be in with a loved one. But the question is, what is the line between saying we're giving someone agency and then essentially coercing them, right? There was one, there's another story that Ghost linked to. And again, this will have to be an episode. We do need your help with this Canadian conspiracy realist. Uh, there was an armed, uh, a veteran of the armed forces in Canada who had PTSD and had a traumatic brain injury, went to the VA, Veterans Affairs Canada, and they said, hey, we can help you end your life which is not what this guy was looking for. Yeah. Jeez. And again, this, this veteran was, um, did not take that option. And, and the VA uh, released, uh, the VAC, I should say, released a statement. This is in August of 2022. The VAC released a statement saying there was an incident where, quote, medical assistance in dying was discussed inappropriately with the veteran and said administrative action will be taken. But again, to to your point, Matt, like what I'm describing with this DNR stuff, this is legal language. Euthanasia isn't technically legal in the United States. So someone can't be like, I'm suffering with cancer and I want to seek professional help in ending my life. That's not a thing. There was, you know, the whole Dr. Death Whatever, I forget his name. There was a there was a Kevorkian. biopic of yeah, Kevorkian, of course, with uh Al Pacino. Sorry, I always have to bring everything back to the person that played them in uh TV. But yeah, like it's still not technically legal, but yet it does kind of exist as a way of covering the butts of medical professionals, you know, because then they can kind of do it, but they can't do it when the person is suffering and wants it for themselves. 
Right. Also called assisted suicide, euthanasia is currently against the law in all 50 U.S. states, but it is uh, assisting in a suicide is considered legal in 10 jurisdictions in the U.S. Uh, it's it's strange. The law is strange because, of course, this is an uncomfortable thing to contemplate. Uh, no one wants to be in that situation, honestly. Uh, and people who make that choice, right, they are, they are making that choice for themselves, right? The idea is that they are not being coerced into that. They're also not being coerced into continuing in existence if they would rather there be an alternative. And we want to be careful about how we talk about this. But one thing that Ghost pointed out that really, really sticks out here is that the idea that this veteran came for assistance in living, in fixing the quality of life, and was unprompted told, hey, there's also this way we can just help you cut out early. Uh, The scary thing is that that may indicate this was not an isolated incident. So we don't know how many people called Canada's VA and got the same kind of the same kind of offer. And at what point does that again? Be, at what point does that move from here are some options to here's what you should do to coercion? And there's a reason that a lot of science fiction focuses on very powerful state uh very powerful state forces that kind of push some sort of suicide program mm. on so on residents care when they, of you anymore right when they become when they become uh not useful to whatever that state is you could talk about logan's run you could talk about all, all these other things but we also have to remember this happened in ancient civilizations as well you know when um people were considered not no longer useful members of a tribe or community were told to go out into the woods. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know. The question then becomes, is this systemic or is this just a couple of, you know, isolated, yeah. Isolated events. Yeah, I think we need that's, to dig that's, in. That's like the, you said, Ben, I agree with you guys. And um, that's why we're going to, what we're really doing here is we're raising a flag uh, and we would like to hear from you, fellow conspiracy realist, with any uh, experience of any sort with MAID uh, in medical assistance in dying in Canada. Let us know your story. We'll tell you how to contact us at the end of the show. Uh, and then we're going to return in the future uh, with an episode that delves into this, again, very controversial, dangerous subject. In the meantime, we're going to take a pause for a word from our sponsors. We'll return with uh, one more message from you. And then, because we did want to end on down note, I think we have a, a message at the very, very end <laughs> from a person who should not be proud of themselves. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. When, yes. those, when those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh my God. We were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize <laughs> well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into, right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how oh. lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And we are jumping to a message we've received from Niall. Hey, Ben and everybody else. This is Niall. Niall Style in Santa Fe. Um, just curious if you could ever do an episode on The Shape the Taurus. There's a lot of interesting stuff in Adam's calendar. Think about the planet itself and the magnetic field, the electromagnetic field around the planet, the torus, the eyeball, the torus. If you do your research, you're going to find a lot of really interesting things just about. And you know, I'm sure it would lend itself to many, many jokes about donuts. So, check it out. Oh, All right, the, the bull. I was like, the, I was like, what the the Ford Taurus? That's the one I know about. No, not the Taurus. The bull, the shape. Uh, T O R U S. Oh, okay. Sorry, I googled the wrong thing. Let's see, T O R U S. It's a donut. It sure is. Like it's in everything, like a donut. everywhere, all at once. <laughs> okay, it's like a donut. It, it often has specific uh, <laughs> mathematics associated with it. Uh, yes. That I don't comprehend in the slightest. But yes, it resembles the most perfect donut you've ever seen. Or you've probably never seen one as perfect as this Taurus. <laughs> but it's, it's pretty cool. It's a really interesting shape. Interesting symbol. It has been around for a long time, and I love, Niall, what you're saying, or Niall style, excuse me, what you're saying here about uh, potential shape of the universe, uh, this shape being representative in, in ancient culture for very special things, very important things. Uh, there's a lot of digging to do here, guys, that I have <laughs> not done yet fully, but something really caught my ear. When Niall was speaking there, he said, there's a lot in the Adam's calendar. And I went, what is the Adam's calendar? 
I don't know what that is. What is that thing? So I went down that little rabbit hole for a minute. And guys, there is some really fascinating stuff that we need to talk about. Mm. Okay. We got to talk about it. We're going to (laughs) South Africa to check out this thing called Adam's calendar. It's known as several other things. It has many other names. That is how you'll hear it be spoken about in the West or in Western culture. It's, It's a megalithic stone structure. Okay. Imagine like a Stonehenge but different. Some standing stones, many of them much smaller uh, stones, like individual stones. But the reason why it's called Adam's calendar is because it is thought, perhaps, to have represented a way to measure or measure time, really. And like a lot of these other megalithic sites, it's all about the sun. In the shadow. The Georgia Guidestones. They talk about the keystone or whatever, the caps, the, you know, the hole in it that can trap. It was apparently done quite imperfectly, but it's it's the same concept. Well, it is, yeah, it is the same concept. So depending on where the shadow is cast, you can really tell a lot about the time of year. So theoretically, at least according to people who've looked at this thing, you could tell when winter solstice is supposed to be occurring, where what equinoxes are supposed to occur, uh, when the start of a year is, and all this stuff. It's super cool to me, because when it was first created, like when, oh, it also matched up with some constellations, I believe. There's, there's theories about that. But when it was first created, the stars were in a specific place, right? Because of the way mm-hmm. the Earth wobbles, the stars do change, up in the night sky in their location where they are. Um, there's all kinds of small variances that are going to change like what, what the sky looks like over a large span of years. And the big question here is when was this thing actually built? And like, because there are some people who think it's a lot older than others. And if you believe everybody, or at least a couple of these researchers, people have been looking at it, it could be around 75,000 years old. But this is a man-made stone structure, right? And the implications of it being that old, I don't know. It's pretty cool. It's pretty, pretty cool. Because this thing, at least it's thought to predate the pyramids at Giza. So the Great Pyramids. It's thought to predate a lot of these other mega structures that exist on the planet. Which would honestly make sense just given what we know about the um, sort of the evolution and the spread of Homo sapiens and all its mm-hmm. all its various mixtapes. We also know that I think the the first astronomical site in general acknowledged was on the African continent, and the first uh, attempts at a calendar, those sticks that we talked about in the calendar heist, also African in origin. Right, also from that continent, which again makes sense. And then we, I'm, I'm just, I'm freestyling a little bit here, just connecting some dots. Matt, we also know that um, European and Arab forces spent a lot of time trying to downplay the ingenuity and the sophistication of earlier African civilizations and Boy, scientific discoveries. So we could totally see. I, I think it's completely within the bounds of logic to say this thing was ignored. And once it was ignored, people just kept ignoring it. Maybe they didn't ask too many questions. Maybe people made some BS claims and nobody bothered to investigate them. Yeah. Oh, dogs with a ball. People just talk about the English version, that old hinge 
you know, well, yeah. to big up the, yeah. This is supposedly older than Stonehenge. If that thing really is 75,000 years old, then it far outclasses Stonehenge, which is thought to be around 5,000. Yeah. Which I didn't think I would be like dunking Peanuts. on Stonehenge today, but now, now we're anchored in 75,000. We hear 5,000. We're like, whatever. <laughs> Well, here's the big wrinkle for me, guys, where it really got crazy. Mm -hmm. If you head on over Mm -hmm. to ancient-origins.net, you can go there and check it out. We're not saying this is the best source, uh, but this person we're going to talk about is cited all over the place on the internet. But there's a writer-researcher named Michael Tellinger. Maybe it's Tellinger. I think it's Tellinger. Uh, But he has estimated that they might be as old as 100,000 years, if not more. And and I've I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this. I had never heard of it either until our friend Niall there mentioned it. And it does feel, it feels like something we need to look at and maybe really bring some answers to. Because according to Atlas mm-hmm. Obscura and several other outlets, Michael Tellinger's findings or his beliefs maybe about the age of the structure are a little off. And they have been widely uh, disputed, which I don't want to fully take the mystery and the excitement out of it. But we are. This is something we're gonna have to look at. Like, could it possibly be that old? If it was that old, what are the implications? Um, and what evidence is there to show that it was perhaps that old? At the very least, it does do what it's purported to do to some degree, right? Like, it's it's arrayed in a way that tracks these, you know, changes, celestial changes that you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. So if you head on over to ancient-origins.net, you can see a pretty cool diagram i guess it states that it's from rodney hale it's a a a plan that was i guess generated and it shows you what the thing looks like where the winter solstice sunrise is going to appear with regards to the the stone circle uh where due east is and due west and it does look like the thing was built much like the uh, pyramids of giza and several other structures like this where north is north like actual north. It's uh, the mm-hmm. the top of the thing mm-hmm. is actually pointed north and then the bottom is actually pointed south, east and west the same. So people who built it however long ago were aware in some way, were aware of true north and south and all of that. Fascinating. Yeah, I'm I'm learning about this now. Matt, I had never heard of this. Thank you, Niall. This is, um, I think this is a new one for all of us. Matt, had you heard of this before? Have you no, met? this... This is all brand new to me. Same. And, you know, honestly, uh, I want to go. Like, let's go to South Africa. I want to see this thing. Let's go. There's so many places. Or, like, maybe to, this is weird, but I want to go to, like, England and do Stonehenge. I want to go to Ireland and check out some of these other standing stones, mounds, those things. Blarney Stone, I heard, is super cool. The, no, yes. No, no, like. Oh, me there. Want to see these other? Want to see these underwater pyramids too? From that uh, listener, listener round. No, no, no. Unfortunately, don't. Those don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. All right. Probably yeah, not. Yeah. But there's a cool Photoshop yeah. associated with them. Ah, okay. Well, that just makes it easier. We'll, let's figure out the ones that are legitimate. Um, and by legitimate, let's define that as not the claims made about them, but their existence. Right. Uh, that yeah, okay, we have learning now a little bit more about Tellinger, also pretty active in politics, huh? 
Oh, we've got to save it. There's we've some stories there. The yeah, this is this is amazing. This is the kind of stuff that I think we all love, and hopefully you love it as much as we do. Hearing about these these new things off the beaten path, you know, that's that's the stuff that we want to explore. I with you, Matt. Uh, I think Noel, you're with it with him too. Let's go. Let's go around the world. We need the world tour somehow, <laughs> and it may not be, you know. It may not be um, as prestigious as going to to London or something like that, but honestly, who cares? Let's go to the weird places. Let's go to the places most people don't go. For sure. For sure. And especially this Mpumalanga region in South Africa, there are so many standing stone and other stone structures. There's estimated Mm -hmm. to be like thousands that are right in that region. So. I just, I just want to go. Let's take a couple of historians and just get out there. Also, uh, for fellow uh, fans of cryptids, let's not forget, maybe not so much uh, South Africa, but uh, if you get to the west of the African continent, that's one of the places where land-based cryptids are most likely to exist. Let's do it. <laughs> so we're on we're on the case. So thank you, of course, to Jingle. Thank you to Niall. Thank you to Ghost for writing in. Thank you to everybody who wrote in except for one. Except you for monster. one of us. You <laughs> monster took us up on <laughs> took us took us up on our earlier offer where we know we were opening a door or we said we love puns we love we had a conversation about the inherent goodness or badness of puns and we talked about how we love dad jokes bad jokes we were very no pun no joke left behind uh and then we received the following message from an absolute villain who wants us to <laughs> give them a different a quote different name that's funny so here we go hello my name is Redacted, but please make up a different name that's funny. It will be my code name if I correspond with you in the future. Gentlemen, I suggest that we share the joke and then we decide the, the code name after the joke. What do you think? I, I've got a code name already, but yeah, let's do it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. What is it? Agent Winter. <laughs> Agent Winter. I'm All intrigued. Right. So... All right. So Agent Winter says, this isn't much of a pun, but more of a dad joke, maybe. I was in a room and I heard a toot, but I was the only one in the room. Someone else has to do the punchline. We have to do it in an accent. I think that's the only way this works. I'll do it in an accent. You ready? Yes. Here's how it goes. So I was in a room and I heard a toot, but I was the only one in the room. So I looked at the clock and it was 210. Tootin'. Two ten, two ten, get it? Two ten, two. The clock was tooting, two ten. I don't think it works. I don't think it works. We have a good one, says Agent Winter. Oh my gosh! No, we need another womp womp holiday. No. Well, we opened the door, and fair is fair. We got what we asked for. That's true. That's true. That's true. 
So thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're, we're cracking on you a little bit, Agent Winter, but thank you so much. It made our day um, or made our evening, as it were. Uh, we want you to join the show with us. This is where we get some of the best ideas for future episodes. They come from you, specifically you and your fellow conspiracy realists. So do us a solid. Hit us up. You can find us all over the um, the internet. That's right. We are Conspiracy Stuff on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram and the TikTok. Do you like making phone calls? Call 1-833-STD-WYTK. You can leave a message. You have three minutes. Give yourself a nickname, unlike Agent Winter here, 210. Tutin. Uh, Tutin common. Pyramids. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yep. Hey, 210 common. Love it. And uh, hey, you've got three minutes. Say whatever you'd like. If you've got more to say than can fit in that three minutes, why not instead send us a good old fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.